and uh, anybody got in here didn't get a copy of the outline raise your hand if anybody did not I think everybody maybe grabbed you guys are doing a good job grabbing those on the way in we started a brand new series last uh, Wednesday night and uh, this series I've entitled it rightly dividing the word and we know that the Bible is called the word of truth and I love the Bible I love studying the word of God many of you do too and uh, listen, we need God's Word. We need it to saturate our lives. And I wanted to, to kind of uh, pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about the doctrine of the Word of God. Tonight, I've, I've entitled our Bible study, our study time, The Origin of Bible Doctrine. In other words, where does our Bible doctrine come from? Well, the Bible says, if you remember, we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. We just celebrated what is known as Easter uh, Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive at this time of year. Of course, Jesus spent 40 days after he was crucified. He's, he had a post-resurrection ministry uh, before he ascended to be with the Father. And we see that recorded there in Acts chapter number 1, where they stood around and uh, the angel said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which you see going up into heaven, shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. You know what that means is one day the Lord's going to come back. Now, he's going to come back two ways. The first time, it's, he's going to come back in the air, and that those that are in Christ will meet him in the air. And uh, the Bible talks about that. That is the word we use is the rapture. Uh, we're, we're snatched away, caught up together to be with him. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain. That's going to be a wonderful thing. Uh, all the saved will be taken out. That'll begin that time period known as the tribulation. On the other side of that tribulation period is when the Lord, according to what the Bible says in Zechariah and there in Acts chapter number 1, Jesus will come back and he will establish his kingdom his literal kingdom, his, he will rule and reign for how many years? thousand years. And that's called the millennial kingdom of, of Christ, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And the Lord's, it, it, listen, interestingly, he's going to set his feet right back down on this earth, right where he left from. That's what the Bible says. It's an amazing thing. I don't know if you remember Brother Flynn. Some of us were over there. I stopped one day with Brother Robert. We were standing at the Lion Gate going into the city of Jerusalem, and I said to Robert, I go, just look to your left. And Robert's like, what, what, and we looked down there, and the eastern gate was right down from where we were standing, and, and the, the, uh, all the, the, the God-hater religions, what they have done is they have used that land right in front of the gate, right in front of the wall, and they've built cemeteries right there thinking that they could keep the Lord from coming through that gate. Listen, if the tomb couldn't hold him, no graves are going to stop him, all right? And so understand that when you think about Bible doctrine, we're talking about our beliefs, our teaching. And look what it says here early in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 42. And, and look, Jesus is in heaven now, but the Bible says about his followers, they continued, and look at the word, steadfastly. That's what we need to do, is just stay by the stuff. In other words, what Jesus gave, now it's referred to here as the apostles' doctrine. Well, understand, where did they get that doctrine from? The teachings that they held to, they got it from the Lord Jesus himself. The Lord taught his disciples. Uh, for, Paul reminded Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, listen to these words, take heed 
Notice, unto thyself and unto the doctrine. He says, continue in them. For in doing this, taking heed to yourself and to the doctrine, in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Hey, listen, how did six people get saved on Sunday? Because they heard the doctrines of the Word of God. See, the Word of God needs to go forth, not just here on a Sunday from this pulpit, but in our lives every day. We need to be sharing our beliefs, our teachings that we receive from the Lord Jesus through the Word of God. But listen, we have to make sure we're rightly dividing the Word of God. We've got to share the truth as the Lord has given it to us. Now, here's the question tonight by way of introduction is, where does our doctrine originate? Okay, where does it come from? Notice number one, it, it does not come from tradition. Okay, our doctrine does not come from t- tradition. You think about this, so many things are tradition. A lot of the religions of the world today, that's what they are. They're things that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation. Now certainly, listen, God gave his word But understand that this is not something that is tradition. So notice our doctrine is not tradition. Number two, it is not from man. This is not man's book. It's God's word. And so notice that it is not from man. Number three, that our doctrine did not originate from extra or non-biblical sources. Okay, And what I mean by that is something outside the confines of the word of God. Uh, if you if you studied out, maybe you've seen this before. Has anybody ever heard of what is called the Apocrypha? How many of you have heard that? Raise your hand. Okay, not many of you have, and I, I, that's not the purpose tonight. But uh, maybe take some time, or if you have some questions, the Apocrypha are some books that at, uh, there are a lot of churches that that want to include that as the Word of God. They want, to, they want to put it in the Bible. Some Bibles have the apocryphal books that are in their Bibles. Now, the first King James Bible, they, what they did was they, they actually took the apocrypha and they put it between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it was there for a little while. But what happened was is they removed it, and the reason they did is because the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. See, the only thing that belongs in our Bible is God's words. Now, don't get me wrong. The Apocrypha was, uh, uh, there, there is some value to some of the Apocrypha. In other words, there were, just like in our days, there are people who write histories of countries, of nations, of people. You know what I'm talking about? They, they, they write accurate things, And so as a result of that, some of what was in the Apocrypha was truth, it was historical things, but it wasn't inspired of God. Does everybody understand how I just explained that? So watch this. So if you include that in the Bible, somebody that doesn't know that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, they start to think that those books are God's words. And that's why they chose to remove those from the King James Bible because they said, listen, they are not inspired of God, so we're going to separate them away from God. So I want you to look at a couple other things because when you think about, uh, here's a man, is it, how many of you have heard the name Josephus? Anybody? More hands went up on Josephus's name. Josephus was a Jewish historian. 
He wrote some amazing works, the Antiquities and uh, 20 volumes said. I mean, now I, I will tell you, unless you're really into Jewish history, uh, I struggled through some of Joseph because they're, they're very heavy. I mean, he, he gets into it. He's very, very thorough when it comes to that. But again, understand that, that the writings of Josephus are extra or non-biblical accounts. Everybody get that? I'm not, I'm not putting down the works of Josephus. What I am doing tonight is I'm elevating the Word of God. I'm elevating Bible doctrine, okay? Uh, another example of, of extra or non-biblical sources would be the writings of Pliny, uh, P-L-I-N-Y. He was the governor of uh, Bithynia, which was in Asia Minor. He wrote some things. Here's one that uh, uh, some Jewish folks, maybe some here tonight, have heard of the Talmud. It's the rabbinical writings. Uh, again, it's not the word of God, but again, this is something that's of value to Jewish people, uh, some of the, the writings and the teachings of the rabbis. Uh, and then also you see there, there are other sources. These are just some to give you an example. See, the word of God, our doctrine, it doesn't originate from something that is extra or that is non-biblical. And so there are some things out there, but look at number four. Here's where our doctrine does come from. It comes from the Bible. That's where our doctrine comes from. In other words, if people say, well, what do you believe? You know what I do? I open my Bible and I show them what the Bible says, what God has given to us. So look, at I've read this verse or quoted this verse. I hope you know 2 Timothy 3.16. Let's say this verse together. All right, you see the verse there in your notes? All right, let's begin. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So again, how much scripture is given by inspiration of God? All. That means every word. The Bible is very specific. It even says every jot and tittle. Now, you, maybe you're familiar with that. In English, here's what it would, it would be, the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. If you've ever looked at, especially Hebrew letters, I mean, boy, they are, you can have two Hebrew letters, Brother Robert, that look very similar, but they just have like one little squiggle thing different from one to the other, and they mean something totally different. And God says, listen, down to, to, the, to the last little bit, he says, my word, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, you might be here tonight, out of curiosity, how many of you have what is called a, it's a King James Bible, but it's a study Bible? Anybody have like a Schofield or a Thompson chain or a Living Word Bible, something like that? In other words, if you look at those Bibles, there's a lot of helps that are in those Bibles. My first Bible was a Thompson chain reference Bible. I still have, I have three of them. I love that Bible. I don't use it the way I did when I was first cutting my teeth as a Christian, but I'm going to tell you something. That chain reference that Thompson came up with, it helped me to understand and navigate through the Word of God. I got a whole lot familiar with the Word of God because of those helps. Now watch this. If you have a study Bible, the only thing that's in your Bible that is inspired of God are the words of God. See, all those helps that are in there, those are not inspired of God. That's Thompson and that is C.I. Schofield or whoever it is that studied the word of God that put that Bible together and he, he put the words of God in there. But along with that, he tried to help people 
so that they can grow in the Word of God and navigate. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Okay. So listen, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a study Bible. I'm just saying to you that when it comes to what is inspired, it's all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we have to understand that when we think about where did our doctrine originate. In other words, by definition, the Bible is God's finished written word. In the Bible, what we find is God has revealed himself. And how has he done that? God has revealed his person. God has revealed his work. And God has revealed his will for mankind. You think about the the plan of salvation that we just spent weeks and weeks going through the life of Christ all the way to the cross and then to the tomb. And now Jesus is about to ascend up into heaven. That's, that's the person, Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And Jesus went to the cross, went to the tomb, rose from the grave, and he will ascend. But listen, why did Jesus do all that? Because Jesus said himself, I came to do the work of him that sent me. See, Jesus understood how important it was to understand what we believe, what our teachings were. So when we study the Word of God, here's a thought. Listen to this. God is the author. Let's repeat that. God is the author. Now, the reason I said it that way is because God used the agency of the Holy Spirit, but also holy men of God. Look at this verse, 2 Peter 1.21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of who? will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by who? The Holy Spirit. So think about this. The Holy Ghost was the one that superintended. When you think about the author of the Word of God, it's not man because then it would be man's book. But see what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit helped them. We're going to talk a little bit tonight, next Wednesday, a little bit more about this. But listen, if our standing on the Bible, if, if what you and I understand about God's Word, if our standing on the Word of God is not correct, then the substance of our biblical understanding will be shaky at best. That's why, remember last week I talked about those 10 doctrines, and the one on the bottom was bibliology. And if, our, if what we believe about the Bible if we're not solid in what we believe about God's Word, everything else on top of it is going to be shaky. That's why we have to understand the Word of God. The Bible is the foundation for all that we believe. It's Everything we practice, it should be found and contained in the Word of God. For instance, how do we know that there's a heaven? Because the Bible tells us, right? How do we know there's a hell? Because the Bible tells how do we know that the Holy Spirit is a person and not a force? Because the Bible tells us. You know there's people today that believe that the Holy Spirit is a force. They, they literally do. It's kind of like, you know, Star Wars. May the force be with you. I mean, you laugh. I'm, that's legitimate. People believe that. And, and look, does not the Bible say grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Look, you don't grieve a force, you grieve a person. The Holy Spirit of God is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Where do we find that? In the Bible. It's important that we know the Word of God. Uh, How do we know that all men everywhere are sinners? Because the Bible tells us that, right? 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Look at, look at James writes in James 1.17. A lot of times we read this verse, but I want you to see something different in the context of what we're studying tonight about Bible doctrine. Look at these verses. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From above. Now watch this. Cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now look at this next phrase. Of His own will. Who's the His? God. Okay, now watch this. Of God's own will, He, God, notice He begat He, us, with what? The word of truth. Do you get what that verse is saying? It's saying it was God's will that God gave us the word of truth. God gave us our doctrine. God gave us what we should believe and what we should share with other people. Listen, it's so important that we understand the truth and how important it is. Let me illustrate, and I'll use a real-life illustration. Maybe you remember this story. Back in 1999, I believe was the year, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. was flying his small airplane from New York City to his family home in Massachusetts for a wedding. On board the plane was his wife, Carolyn, and her sister. Though Kennedy was a licensed pilot, he had not yet been approved for instrument flight. What that means is that you're, you use only the instruments for navigation. He hadn't been approved for that yet. And when the takeoff of these three was delayed until after dark, in other words, the, the, the sun had gone down, Listen to this, Kennedy should have waited for daylight or he should have sought a more seasoned veteran pilot to help him, but here's what he did. He took off into the darkness. The plane reached its, never reached its destination. All three passengers were killed in the crash. Investigators determined the crash was likely caused by disorientation from flying over open water at night without any landmarks or visible horizon. He got disoriented. He didn't know which way was up, down, sideways, because he didn't know how to use the instruments to navigate only. Listen, Kennedy's lack of experience may well have led him to trust what he thought he was seeing more than what his instrument panel was telling him. Do you know what your instrument panel is as a Christian? This book right here. And oftentimes, listen, there are so many, there are so many voices out in the world today, so many things on the internet, so many people who, who are, who are sounding cymbals and tinkling brass who say, hey, well, listen, you ought to think about this, and what about this, and hey, have you ever heard about this? Folks, listen, if it's not found in this book, it's not something that we need to be adhering our lives to, building our lives upon. God's given us His Word. Listen, don't trust what man has in this world. Let's trust what God's given to us, the doctrines of the Word of God. Look, oftentimes, here's what happens is, we're, we're many times in our lives, we're not really sure who or what we can trust. And that's the problem. Because we haven't yet uh, fully trusted in the Word of God. And all of us face the temptation to walk according to sight. 
But what does the Bible say in 2 Corinthians 5, 7? We walk by faith and not by sight. Look, look, how'd you get saved? By faith, right? By faith. You put your faith in Christ. Look, it takes faith to believe that this is God's Word. And if you had faith to be saved, then listen, you need to have faith in God's Word. You may not always understand it, but listen, we walk by faith. Faith, if it is based on the right thing, will keep us from crashing. See, we, we can't be like Kennedy and just decide we're going to, listen, I think I can make it. No, no, we can't make it without the Word of God. Faith in the Word of God. The reason faith in God and His Word keeps us on the right path is simply this. God and His Word never fail. They never fail us. And look what it says Joshua said to the people. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel Look at these words, all came to pass. Everything God said, it happened exactly the way God said it would happen. See, you can trust it. Look, listen to what Isaiah said as, as the Lord gave him these words. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It's talking about out of the mouth of God. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I love this little statement. Listen to this. No promise is better than the one who makes it. Well, think about it. These are the promises of God. Not one promise of God has ever fallen to the ground. God has kept his word. God has been faithful. Listen, we can trust, fully trust the word of God. Instead of relying on our own wisdom, Trust the Word of God. Trust the words of the God who never changes. Malachi said, for I am the Lord, I change not. God doesn't change. He's the changeless one. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now listen, if we're talking about the Word of God, and tonight we're talking about the origin of the Word of God, well, we have to address this, write it down, the revelation of God's Word. Okay, now, when you think about revelation, okay, and I'm just going to say there, there are people today who still believe that God is giving new revelation. Can I tell you that God's word is forever settled? The Bible tells us that we should not add to nor take away from the word of God. That's dangerous to tamper with the word of God. And listen, tonight, I take this very seriously. I'm not here to mess with the word of God. I'm here to declare it the way God has given it to us. But when we talk about revelation, okay, what are we talking about in regards to the Word of God? Look at the explanation that I gave you here. Revelation is the act of God whereby He, God, communicates truth to mankind that was previously unknown or is otherwise unknowable. Okay, now maybe or maybe not, maybe you did get what I just said there, maybe not. Let me, let me just give you a little summary what is revelation? Here it is. It's God communicating truth to us that we have no way of knowing without God showing it to us. That's what it is. For instance, here's, here's, a, here's a thought. Who did God use? Now remember, God is the author. But who did God use to pen the first five books of our Bible? Moses. Okay. Now, I want you to follow this. 
because we're talking about the origination of the Word of God, it begins with revelation, okay? God communicating truth to us. So God used Moses to record the first five books of the Bible. Now, let me ask you this. If God used Moses to record the first five books of the Bible, and there's a lot of things I could go to, but the first one that comes to my mind is, what's in the first couple chapters of the book of Genesis? The creation. Was Moses there? No. How in the world did Moses know what to write? Revelation. God communicated truth to Moses so that Moses would write down God's words, the truth, and it would be accurate. Look, don't take my word for it. Take your Bibles. Turn to Numbers chapter number 12, all right? Let's take a look at a couple of verses. I want you to see this because we're talking about the revelation of the Word of God. Look in, look in Numbers chapter number 12 in the first couple of verses here, and you'll probably recognize the passage, but listen to this. In verse 1, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman, and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak, look at these words, mouth to mouth. God says this, even apparently and not in dark speeches and in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now, do you see what I see? God spoke to who? To Moses. God spoke to Moses. Now, watch this. In other words, God communicated things that were unknown to Moses, truth to him. Now, look what it says. I think these verses are in your outline in Exodus 24. And again, this is in the life of Moses. Look at verse number one there in your notes. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said, we will do. And Moses, what did he do? He wrote how many of the words? All the words of the Lord. So look here, God was using Moses to record what was going to happen, what was happening. And again, we see God using this. Now that's Old Testament, okay? Now, a lot of times we think, well, what about the New Testament? Well, let me ask you this question. God used Moses to write the first five books of the Old Testament who did God use to pen the words to the last book of our Bible? What book's that called? 
the book of Revelation. John was the one that wrote those. Now, in your notes, look what it says in Revelation 1, verse number 9, where the Bible says, now John, John wrote about things that were future. Think about this. Most of what John wrote is still future. It still hasn't happened. And John wrote it back in about 90 A.D., how did John know what to write? Well, look what it says in First John or in Revelation chapter one verse nine. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, "I am." Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a what? Write in a book. And send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Talking about the churches in Asia Minor. So what does he do? He writes. Now, if you go to the last part of the book of Revelation, look at verse uh, 5 of chapter 21. Same individual here. Listen to what God says. He that sat upon the throne said... Behold, I make all things new. And listen to what John says. And he said unto me, what? Right. Now listen, there's a couple times, and that, that statement appears a lot in the book of Revelation. And you know why? Because I believe with all my heart, John's looking at all this stuff. John's seeing all this stuff. John's hearing all this stuff. And John's sitting there going, whoa. You know, he's just like, man, this is like out there. I mean, guess what? I still read it today thinking, wow, in the book of Revelation. And it was almost like God says, look, John, snap out of it, grab your pen and write it down, you know? And that's what he has to say to him. So in other words, what happens here? Revelation, God reveals to Moses. God reveals to Isaiah. God reveals to Jeremiah. You can go all through the word of God. How did we get those words? by revelation. Are you with me tonight? Okay, now when we think of revelation, revelation can be divided into two categories. Okay, let me go through these for you tonight. The first category is called general revelation. General revelation. Now what I mean by this is is general revelation is divided up into two categories. Okay, the first one is called creation. See, God reveals himself through creation. Folks, you, you go outside, you see the mountains, you see the ocean, you see the sky. Man did not make those things. God made those things. When you look at that, you, look, you have to know that something greater than us created that. Well, how do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. So I'm glad you asked. Look at Psalm 8, verse number 3. Say, I didn't ask. Well, I'm going to give it to you for free. You paid for it, all right? So look at verse number three. Listen to what the psalmist says. When I considered thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the fingers of God, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. He says, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? I mean, he's beholding creation. 
that God made. And he says here, boy, when I look at the heavens and I, and I think about what your hands, the hands of God have created. Look in Psalm 19, verse number one. The heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, listen, if, if the heavens could speak, they would. It says they declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Anybody ever seen a rainbow? Listen, amazing. I've seen double rainbows. I, one time I thought I saw a pot of gold at the end of one, but, but it wasn't, you know? Brother Gilbert got there before I did. But, but listen, he says, day unto day, every day the, the creation uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice, talking about the creation of God, is not heard. That means you can't go anywhere and get away from God's creation. He says, everywhere you go... Their line has gone out through all the earth. Their words unto the end of the, uh, of the world in them hath he, God, set a tabernacle, a place for the sun. He says, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Listen. You, you, you look at the sun and the moon and the stars and all those that God created. Listen, it, listen, it, this matter of creation is a way that God reveals himself to us in this world today. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter number one. It, we're just talking here about creation and, and you can't talk about creation. I mean, that's Old Testament, Psalm 8, Psalm 19. There's other places. How about Romans chapter number one? Look at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image which uh, was made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dis dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So in other words, folks, look, I'm just giving you a smidget. There's so much in the Bible that validates that revelation. God reveals himself in a general way to us through creation, all right? But look at a second way when you talk about general revelation, not only through creation, but how about this, through conscience, now, you know, you know who has a conscience? Everyone. God's given to all of us a conscience. Look what it says here. If you're still there in the book of Romans, look at verse 18. Again, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them. Folks, look, we're without excuse. You know why? Because God's given us a conscience. You know what makes a good pillow? A, a conscience that's, that's clean and, and right with God. 
You know, you lay your head down on your pillow tonight. If you're right with God, your conscience won't be bothered. You won't lay awake all night worrying about something, thinking about something. Why? Because your conscience is clear. Look what it also says there if you're in Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Listen, that means they had knowledge of God. They didn't want to retain it. They didn't, look, that's the world we live in today. They don't want God in their mind. They don't want God in their hearts. They want to do away with God. They want to take the Ten Commandments and any semblance of God out of the public schools and out of the, out of the courthouses and, and away from the White House. Listen, folks, it says that they do not want to retain God in their knowledge. And look at this sad thought. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So when you think about a conscience, how about look, go to the next chapter, Romans 2 there in your Bible, look at verse 14. When the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also, bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or else excusing one another. See, the Bible's clear. All of us, God reveals himself to us through creation, but also through our conscience. Look at Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So when you think about the Word of God, where did it originate? It originated from revelation. God revealed, He communicated His truth to us, and He did that through general revelation. Well, the two ways are through creation and through conscience. But there's a second form of revelation. Write it down, is special revelation, okay? And we'll get through this and we'll be done tonight, but what is special revelation? Another way you can put it is called specific revelation. It's specific ways that God has revealed himself to us. Now, maybe you've thought of some of these before, but have you ever read in the Bible where, uh, where they, a man approached a bush that was on fire, but it was not consumed? Yeah. God was revealed. Remember what God told him? Take off your shoes, because the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. See, God was revealing to what man? Moses, that... That was him. That bush represented him. How about this? You look in the Bible and you see in Exodus 31, Moses made an end of communing with God on Mount Sinai. And look at this, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with what? Finger of God. Look, he didn't take a hammer and chisel up there. God took his finger. Try that one sometime. And write something in stone with your finger. You can't do it because you're not God. But see, God revealed. Moses carried those tables down. Hey, remember what happened when he came down and all that was going on? And he threw them down and broke them. Went back up. Guess what? He got another set. You know, he, brought, he, bro he broke his, his eye tablets. And so he went back to, to the Apple store and got two more, you know. And, and God says, look, I'll do it again. And God's able to do that. How about this? You look at another way that, that God revealed himself. Remember over in Numbers chapter 22 when the, the Lord opened the mouth of a donkey? <laughs> and he spoke through the donkey. 
You know, here's this donkey talking, and everybody's like, whoa, that, you know, God's revealing himself through that. How about Daniel? Daniel, when, when he was taken into a heathen land, the Bible says these four children, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. See, God revealed himself hey, in Joseph's life. God revealed himself. That's special revelation. There's many ways that God can reveal himself. Uh, look, look what it says in Hebrews 1.1 1, 1, there in your notes. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, that means in different ways at different times, he spake in time past unto the fathers by who? What's it say? By the prophets. So look, when you go to the Old Testament, guess what? You had all the prophets that were saying, thus saith the Lord. So in the old times, God spoke through the prophets. That's special revelation. Because they would say, hey, I've got a message from God. And you know, a lot of times when they had a message, what that was doing was that was revealing God to them. That was God's wishes, God's will, God's purpose. Remember what happened whenever, whenever uh, through uh, Nathan that, that David found out, thou art the man? That was a word from God. Remember what happened when Saul found out that God was going to take his kingdom away from him? That was a word from God. That was God revealing himself. That's revelation. See, there's so much revelation in the Bible. How about this? You go over to the New Testament. The greatest revelation ever. Look at Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. That's impossible with man, but not with God. See, God allowed this to happen. Why? John 1, 14, the Word, capital W, became flesh. You know what God was doing? He was revealing himself to the world through his Son. There's not ever been a greater messenger than the Lord Jesus Christ. God revealing himself to this world. J.I. Packer said, Revelation does not mean man finding God, but God finding man. It is God sharing his secrets with us and God showing himself to us. In Revelation, God is the agent as well as the object. See, listen, where would we be today if we didn't have a roadmap? Where would we be without the instrument panel? We'd be lost. But see, God is so good to us. Don't tell me my God is not gracious. Because God has given us his word. He's revealed it to us. And he's done it in many different ways. He's done it in general revelation. He's done it in special revelation. God wanted to reveal himself. Listen, the greatest, and I mentioned Jesus, but remember what John wrote in John 1? In the beginning was what? The Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know what you hold in your hand today? The Word. See, Jesus was God incarnate in the flesh. But you think about this, you're holding the written word. God's given us a permanent record that we can read every day. We can, we can understand what God's mind is and, and what God's heart is and what God's will is through the word of God. Aren't you glad God revealed his word unto us? Say, where does our doctrine originate? From the words of God. Listen to what Peter says. He says, the word of the Lord endureth forever. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God commissioned chosen holy men of God, as Peter wrote it, under inspiration, 
to, to write down on various subjects the prophecy. It came in, in, in old time not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God chose, listen, man didn't. God chose to impart his knowledge to us. Well, how did he do that? Through a reliable written record, and we call that the Bible, the Word of God. See, it's important for us to see that. Now, next week, listen, we've talked about revelation. By the way, I'm not even scratching the surface when it comes to revelation. I'm just trying to heighten your awareness that God has communicated his truth to us. That's revelation. Next week, we're going we're gonna to pick up here. We're going to talk about this matter of inspiration. I mentioned a little bit tonight, but what is inspiration of the Bible? Listen, it's important for us to understand that God's word is inspired. Remember the verse? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All right, so next week we'll pick it up there, okay? Well, listen, let's pray and we'll be dismissed tonight. Lord, thank you again for the word of God. Lord, what a tremendous work that we have in our hands. The words of God. Lord, when people ask us where do we get our beliefs from, may we confidently tell them that we get them from God himself because we hold in our hands not a book of man but the words of God. Lord, may we understand where our doctrine comes from and may we have all uh, assuredness, Lord, as we try to share it, that the confidence is there not because of us but because of your word that it's authoritative and we can give it out. Lord, may we do it, do it in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Lord bless you. I hope that helped. Yes, sir.